Hello and welcome to Be Yourself. I'm Adriel and I have something to tell you. On today's show, I have a special guest, a very dear friend to me. Her name is Avalyn Grace. She also goes by Avi Grace. Avi, are you there? I am here. Hi, Adriel. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Now, uh, as you know, this show is about um, principles of a living. We like to talk about, you know, the power within ourselves and how to discover, you know, our destiny. Um, we also like to speak about, you know, those principles that they take us to the new level. Uh, today, I'm very excited to have you. Um, and it is a great honor um, for you to accept my invitation. Thank you again. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. I mean, I want you to just begin by telling us just a little bit about yourself, uh, if you don't mind. Yes, I am Pastor Avilin Grace, also known as Avi Grace. I have been a pastor this Sunday, will mark five years that I've been a pastor. I was originally um, ordained in the Progressive Pentecostal Church and since moved into the Universal Life Church and was affirmed a pastor in the New Apostolic Reformation under a dear friend of mine. Um, so I have been in ministry, however, for 20 years, if you can believe it, I've been in ministry for 20 years and it has always, it has evolved from a Pentecostal holiness, you're going to hell type of preaching to a love and God is love and love centered to a liberation theology. And I've been studying liberation theologies for the last 10 years. Um, I have been blessed in my short life to um, speak to well over a hundred thousand people. I've been, I've spoken at the world's largest LGBTQ Christian conference in Chicago two years ago, and I have spoken in um, storefronts and tent revivals. So I just, I love speaking and ministering to God's people, which is all of all people i love that so much thank you um for telling us that about yourself i i definitely wanted to get into that and i'm glad you got there before i did um now i know that you haven't always been in that chapter you know um of your life like which you are right now um there's some things you know where 10 years ago were different for you and yep. um, that's one of the biggest things that I wanted to focus on today, because you're not only an inspir inspiration to the Christian world, to the liberated world, uh, Christian liberation world, but you're also a uh, big inspiration to the LGBT community. Um, now, well, when we... I'm sorry. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, and it's true. You're, you're a huge inspiration. And even I think my little sister, uh, Gerilyn, she looks up to you and she thinks you're one of the most wonderful people she's ever met. Uh, it's not my, I think my whole family thinks that, uh, to be honest. Uh, and that's something that you should know as well today. Oh, I love them, especially yeah. your mother. <laughs> I mean, but I love her. What's not to love? Um, it's easy to love when you have love in you, you know? Um, yeah, when you realize you are a part of love and love is a part of you. I'm getting ahead of you, so I'm not going to be ahead of you. Whew, like, that's that's a good moment. That's a teachable moment. I, I, I know that there are some ideas and some principles and some things yeah. that uh, you have 
to share. I, I know that there is a, there's a lot of teaching inside of you, and there's Can a I lot of. Um, go ahead. It started burning. I just want to just touch on. Um, people say well, what what you just said just hit me when you have love to share, and for me, I was raised under the creationism mentality, and I have soon evolved from creationism to creationist evolutionist and yes you can be both yes um and the reason i hold on to the creationism is because i believe that when god looked at all that was created and god saw the goodness i believe that god saw a part of god's self in everything yes and when god said let us the polytheistic god let us the many multifaceted god let us make man or humanity in our image and in our likeness and as the Muslims say, in our spirit. When they said, let us make man in our energy or in our vibe, I believe that because God, who is in fact the divine presence of love and the essence of love, you cannot have love without God and you cannot have God without love. When love, the creator, created Love put love inside of the creation. That's why a person, if you study psychology, a person without love does not really live long. Mm -hmm. A baby, if a baby is not held within 30 minutes of his birth, the baby will die. Like there's, you have, we all, no man, no person is an island. And so when you realize that you are in fact love, and your next person, regardless of their hue, their skew, or their screw, they are in fact love as well. It makes you treat people differently. Yeah. It makes you talk differently. Go ahead. Honey. I mean, whenever we remember, uh, you mentioned something that I wanted to uh, emphasize on. Uh, that uh, there is a source and we all come from that source. That's one of my beliefs. Yeah. My beliefs is that God is all that is and all that is is God. And that God has been, will be and forever will be. But I, I believe that God is in me, as me, through me, you know? And yeah. um, I've been like like you, I've been taught, you know, the Christianity and stuff. But that's not where I want to go today. But, you know, that is a great, great, great topic that I'm going to bring you back on to talk about. About love that. what God is to us. But I, I love that so much, Avi. Now, I want you to share with us something. Uh, don't know if you're ready, but I feel like you are. Uh, you know, I go by vibrational frequencies and I feel it. Uh, I want you to talk to us about uh, your part in the LGBT community. And I want you to talk to us about uh, when and how how you came out, if you're willing to share that. And how was that experience for you? Because I know for a fact that there's people... Who, who are on here who may be battling with that, you know, where um, I know that there's pastors who are still closeted. I know that there's a lot of people in all facets of community, of the community and of society that, um, that deal with that. But I want to know specifically your role in the LGBT community and uh, if you're willing to share when and how did you first come out as being yourself? Of course. So, um, just for a little bit of context, let's go back a few chapters in my life. Mm -hmm. I knew from the first time I realized that my soul was trapped in my body, I knew I was queer. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am a woman of transgender experience. I was labeled a boy. And 
I was graceful enough to be labeled to be born in the 90s and not the 70s or the 40s in my community when someone like me would have been beaten down worse or even murdered in my community because I came from a very holiness, very fundamentalist background. Mm -hmm. But I did go through some things and I wasn't the only one who knew that I was a girl. I had been labeled a boy, but I know that there were several family members who knew that I was in fact a girl and whether they I, whether they agreed with it, acknowledged it or whatever, I went through some things and several things happened. There were some traumatizing things. Um, like when, when I was five years old or so, five to seven, I forget the exact age, but a dear close friend, a close family member of mine plopped a wig on my head and they said my dead name and they said that dead name would be an ugly girl mm. so that kind of skewed up my story a little, little bit I, I still knew I was one but it kind of pushed me further back into what some people call a closet well at age puberty I realized um, I didn't like girls I was told that because I was labeled a boy, little boys liked uh, little girls. That's how, quote unquote, God designed it to be. So, but at puberty, I saw a little boy and I was like, oh, that's what I like. And so that began the first phase of my coming out. I originally came out as queer, um, thinking I was a gay man, realizing I was still a woman. But just to keep it clear, I was a I just started preaching when I hit puberty and I was a preaching evangelist, knowing I was queer, knowing I was not a straight cisgender male. And so long story short, I preached in front of thousands of people. And in 2006, my grandmother realized and she found out that was a whole different story. But in 2008, I was pressured by my grandmother and the Holiness Church that I could either, quote unquote, go straight and preach or I could stay um, basically queer and be silent. So I decided to step away from, from the pulpit. And I actually remained away from November 2008 until November 2014 when I returned to the pulpit and I was ordained an elder and I was ordained in the Progressive Pentecostal Church. Mm -hmm. uh, I officially came out as queer in August of 2009. And the sad thing is because of everything I went through and because I was kind of still scared for my life, I wasn't ready to accept the fact that I was actually not a queer man. Cause you know, the weird thing is I stopped accepting manhood in 2008 like I refused to call myself a man they would try to send me to like men's meetings and men's days I boohooed and cried so I was an agendered or quote-unquote gender fluid agendered non-binary I was all of that for 10 years of my life until last May and if you know anything about 2020 you know one thing that it gave everyone was time to um to really evaluate your life mm -hmm. And to really think about just just to condense everything, I had basically lost my mind. And I was like, well, if I'm going to live this life and I'm going to be and I'm going to tell people to be true to who they are, I have to be true to me. Yes. And a series of events with the help of 
you, Adriel, um, as a spiritual advisor and mentor, I came out to myself in May. And over the last seven months, I've come out to family, close family and friends. And actually a couple weeks ago, I turned 30 and I came fully out all over Facebook, all over. It was, I basically brought every hallelujah to every single aspect of my life. So I am officially a Valen Grace JL. Valen Grace JL. Hallelujah. I can just say that because you know what? That word is just so powerful. It's just the biggest word you could say for gratitude and thankfulness. And that's just how I feel. I am so grateful and I'm so, so thankful, you know, that, that, that you are who you are. That, that you have awakened uh, to the fact of yourself, you know, who you are authentically. That is just so beautiful. I love, I love, love, love. I love that. Um, I think, you know, and I know it's been, uh, it's been hard for you. So I want you to tell me something. How did you manage to stay positive through all of that through from age five to age 30? How, um, has there been a certain way or many ways? Like how have you remained, you know, positive and how have you, um, yeah. How have you stayed positive? Just simple as that. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. But um, Michelle Obama has a saying. She was doing a commencement speech at a historically black college. I forget which one, but she was doing it a few years ago when she said a line that I've kept with me. She said, I understood, paraphrasing, if I was to keep my sanity, I had to have faith in God's plan for me. And I know... This is a mixed um, crowd. But for me, and you asked, how do I stay oh, yeah. safe and how do I stay sane? Literally, if you if you have ever met me or, or if you have ever known me, when I'm going through, I get quiet. When I'm going through the tough times, I go back to my mm-hmm. roots. And I remember what I was taught. I don't throw all the baby out with the bath, bath with the teaching that I meditate and I do yoga I I'm actually recording this with you in in Cherry Park in upstate Rock Hill upstate South Carolina this is literally one of my sanctuaries when I'm going through every Monday Wednesday and Friday and today amen mm. I'm the awesome this is where I go I just go walking and last year because my grandfather died my grandfather who adopted me he died he was the fourth person in my family to die in five months at the time of death and i had died the month before the first person started passing away or passed away and literally i couldn't he died the day before the shutdown happened Mm -hmm. So we were in his house and we couldn't get any, we couldn't get rid of any of his stuff because quarantine and Goodwill was close. There was no one picking up. It it was a lot. And what made me find peace and what made me keep me from losing my ever loving mind was the peace, P-I-E-C-E of the divine that I found within me. And that is so out. And, and I know I keep going back to it, but I tell you the truth. 
when you realize that the God that you pray to is not completely without you, but is locked and entangled within you and that in you, that within that source, you actually live and have your being, but that source actually lives and has its being inside of you as well. Mm -hmm. It changes the story. Mm. I realize that because of who I am and because of who I was created to be and what who and what lives inside of me that I can make it through anything. So you credit your positivity back to the uh, back to the source, back to your faith. Yes, because mm. by myself I can't do it. But when I realize who I'm with, I can do anything. That's beautiful. I love that you said that uh, your peace, P I E C, not uh, P E Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, peace. Um, because it drives you and it drives in you and it lives in you as you that's the, one of the biggest principles of my life you know and i, I mm. love that that you that you said that when you found that peace of god in you um that divinity within I'll yourself tell you something. i'll tell you something when i found that p-i-e-c-e mm-hmm. of the divine mm-hmm. I found P-E-A-C-E yes. with the yes. divine. and with yourself. And with myself. That that, that's what kept you positive. So, and that's yes. what still keeps you positive. That's what holds you. I love that. Now, um, I want I want to just move forward. I, thank you so much for sharing that. What, uh, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've had in, in your life? Mm, that's a good question. I'd say the biggest lesson I've ever had in my life is simply I can I can make it through anything. I can overcome anything. And it's not just, and this is not unique to me, but that we are all given the innate ability to survive, mm. to adapt my God, mother says, strong struggle and survive. We have all been given this innate ability because I don't, most people don't realize that I had a stutter, a, a habitual stutter for 25 years of my life. And I'm only 30, so that tells you something. And for 25 years, I, for a period of those 25 years, I, 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 I I used to talk like that. Like I would bang my head on concrete walls just to say, hi, my name is God. It looked like I had um, Tourette's. There's nothing wrong with people who have Tourette's, but it looked like I had Tourette's because that's how I would have to speak. My body would tense up. I couldn't get a word out. Mm -hmm. I just would say the only word I could ever say was Jesus. But literally that experience, that elongated, long-suffering experience taught me um, that I can do anything. Because the truth is, those 10 years that I was a traveling youth evangelist and youth, youth uh, a missionary, I had a habitual stutter. It didn't go away. Sometimes it went away when I hit the pulpit. Other times it didn't. Sometimes I had to sing a sermon. I've done that before. I've been on the radio and had a stuttering attack 
and couldn't get a word out and had to sing on the radio. I've done that before. But what if I can tell anyone what my lesson for my life is, it's that no matter how hard the rain falls, there will always be sunshine and there will always be a rainbow. Sometimes we just have to find it. Yes. Sometimes we just have to find it. I found that a lot of times everything that you're looking for is within yourself. You just you just have yes. to find it. Um, thank you. Now, would that go hand in hand with your best advice to all the listeners? Um, especially to that little boy or that little girl who has that battle. Um, I, I will call it a battle, but I'm not sure if it was a battle or if it is with their family, with themselves, with their society, with their community. The, it's similar to the battles that you've faced, um, the things that you've experienced, but in general, but including, you know, focusing on them, but your general best advice, what would that be? Or is that in hand in hand with um, your biggest lesson in life? My best advice someone gave me when I was faced with the decision to return to a emotionally, mentally abusive house to finish something that I had to finish. Um, and they ordered for me to keep my calm and to keep my cool and not to be up in arms with everybody. This mentor gave me nine words that changed my life forever. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Mm -hmm. And I know for Christians, the enemy means one thing, but even for non-Christians or other believers or whoever, enemy can mean anything. It can mean doubt. It can mean fear. It can mean flashbacks. It can mean triggers. It can mean diagnosis, whatever your obstacle, whatever your mountain, whatever seems to be insurmountable, uncrossable, and a blockade to stop you, don't give it a seat at mm. your table. Amen. Yes, indeed, I I resonate with that. And uh, actually, today um, I was speaking, and I said that. Um, the enemy or the forbidden fruit is negativity. So for me, I would say don't give negativity a seat at your table. For you, you know, whatever, yes. whatever, neg whatever the enemy is for everyone. For me, the only the only enemy for me is negative, negative thinking, negative uh, feeling, negative, you know, every negativity in general. That's my enemy, and I refuse to let negativity at my table. There is no place at the table for that. There's a place for everyone at my table, but not for negativity. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. For people's opinions, I will be honest. For me, it I I the reason I didn't come out sooner in my life was fear of others' opinions. So for me, it has evolved to I'm not going to give other people's opinions because mm. everybody has one and they love to share them with me. I, I promise I you, they do. But I won't give them a seat you at my table. To. There is no seat. There's not even. You can't even stand at it. <laughs> Brene Brown, Brene Brown said it best. She said, um, when she was talking about her book, 
daring greatly. She said um, when she spoke to her cynics and to her critics, she couldn't keep them from coming into the arena, but she didn't have to save them a seat Mm. on the front row. All right. Now, you said something right there. You said the word book. And I love what you just said. She didn't give him a seat at the arena. Um, But she did let him in. She let him in, but she didn't give him a seat. Now, I have heard and seen Miss Grace has a book. (laughs) Uh, I did. Tell me about that book. It's called True Colors Retrieving My Rainbow. Um, It basically highlights from 2000 seven until 2017 there are pieces in it for 10 years of my uh, literary works it's a compilation it starts pieces of it start back when I was in high school right after my grandmother found out definitively that I was queer and so you see see poems and it's an abstract of my life it's not a direct um, audiobiography by mm-hmm. any means, but it does have a sermon called There Are No Ifs, Anything Can Happen, and it ends with a story about um, someone who's been struck down by life and is finding his way. His name is Sam, and there are monologues in it, there are poems in it, there's prayers in it, there are in, there's it's Christian stuff. There's some poetry recipes in it. Everything you can think of from creative, <laughs> from creative writing one-on-one in Northwestern High School through King's College all the way to when I was 26 and 27 years old writing um, just in my journal. Um, I became a spoken word artist, a freestyle spoken word poet in 2013 and so you have a few of the freestyle poems in written form in the book it's just I tell people the reason I call it true colors is because scripture tells us that when under pressure your true colors shine through that's the scripture Mm -hmm. in James and so I understood that I went through some pressured seasons as everyone does and so these are my true colors. And the book is actually um, dedicated to everyone ever gone through anything or any type of struggle and came out. It literally, mm-hmm. I read you the dedication. The dedication. Now, go ahead. The- is this the heart of the book is this this book is dedicated to all the struggles and to the dirt which makes my diamond shine mean something to the to the beyond places that make coming home that much sweeter to the closet if it wasn't for the pressure i wouldn't wear wisdom's Mm. pearls amen now where can we get this book it is on amazon all right amazon it's called true colors retrieving my rainbow I'll send you a link for the description. Mm-hmm. So we can go ahead and add it on, and on the podcast. Thank you. I will say this. Um, you will see different names in the book. There are five to ten different writer names. They're all me. They're all me in different like seasons life. of my life. And yes, 
people were like, why would you put your dead name or your birth birth given name, which is what dead name means? And I say, because um, it would be disingenuous for me to just put Avi Grace when truth is Avi Grace came, was revealed in 2020 and someone else did the work. So these, you will literally see um, who I was at whatever point in time you want to see it. So they get judgment for it real quick. So you, so Avi Grace, where where are you now? Uh, what what is, do we will we see some stuff from Avi Grace? Are we currently working on some stuff? Are we going to see some stuff from Avi Grace? Uh, I know you have a podcast, so just real briefly, I want you to talk about that. Like answer my question, but also you know tell me about that podcast. All of the above. Um, so where this book ended with me coming out more and more as a non-binary, queer, and trans person, that second book, um, True Colors Part mm-hmm. 2, will come and it will pick up with this one and it will be out later this year. God mm-hmm. say the same. I am writing new stuff for it. I am... And yes, I do have a podcast. It's called State the Obvious. Obvious spelled A-V-I-O-U-S. And it's basically my takes on um, liberation theology as I've studied those studies for 10 years now. And it's just about... It's built on prayer, proverbs, and And I've been on it on that podcast, what, once or twice? I've been on that podcast. Most (laughs) So you'll find me on there. Yes. Oh, he, he was my oh, first yeah. guest. So if you want it was called Worthy And you're of my the water. first interview. Uh, I, you're not my first podcast, but you're my first interview. So, wow, that's that's amazing. Um, all right. So I just want to close real quick with, a, uh, well, I have just two quick more questions. So we already said what you're doing now. You have your podcast. You're going to work on the, on the book, hopefully release it by the end of the year. So just real fast, what do you think is your purpose on earth? To remind people of their God-given affirmation. Mm, say that again two more times. To remind, to remind <laughs> people of their God-given affirmation. You are not an abomination. God looked at all that God had created and God saw that it yes. was very good. And if you want to know more about that, come to State the Obvious because I'm doing a liberation theology, a liberation gospel series right now i'm doing some poetry for my birthday and for february but we're gonna get back into how god made us in the month of march so come on thank you so much for sharing is there anything you want to close out with anything you anything that's in your you know in your on your heart or anything that you know you're feeling like you have to share before we end i am so proud of you um i know that this has been a journey for you specifically with your faith and you've gone through personal tragedy multiple mm-hmm. times and since i've known you always been the phoenix to rise back up and to see you being you and not being afraid to i hate to say lose everything but in the face of the risk of losing everything you followed god and your experience with god and you are bringing the world along with you and i think that is an incredible incredible feat and i know that the best just to be Thank you. Thank you. I love love you so much as well. And I want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for, for being yourself. 
and for allowing me to be part of your life and part of your journey. Um, thank you for coming on this show and thank you for those words. Uh, you definitely have said a lot of things and I just want to thank you for your time. I don't want to steal any more of your time because time is valuable. I have a firm belief that you never get it back. So make sure to invest your time in people who want it and who will take care of it. Avi, thank you for your time today. We're definitely going to have you back. Um, all the listeners, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go buy Avi's book called True Colors, Retrieving My Rainbow. And tune into her podcast called State the Obvious. I'm going to send the links out on social media for those as well. Everyone, again, thank you so much for listening. And I want you to remember that always, always, always be yourself. Thank you so much.